0: This podcast is by G. Wayne Miller for the Providence Journal.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. And uh, thank you all for joining. Thank you also to our state team that's done a tremendous job within a very short amount of time, given the information uh, that we have. Um, so we very much appreciate having you all uh, help in being messengers of accurate information today we are always very appreciative of the media's partnership with us so as everyone knows the census for disease control and prevention and the fda are recommending a pause in the use of johnson and johnson vaccine out of an abundance of caution and as we announced this morning rhode island will follow this recommendation CDC and FDA are reviewing data involving six reported cases of a rare and severe type of blood clot in individuals uh, that occurred uh, a few weeks after receiving the J&J vaccine. These were instances in which six people out of 6.85 million people who received johnson and johnson doses with those numbers i want to emphasize what the cdc and fda are saying right now these adverse events seem to be extremely rare it essentially occurred in one out of of one million people who uh, have received the johnson and johnson doses We actually have administered only 31,500 doses of Johnson & Johnson here in Rhode Island. To share a little bit more about um, what is being evaluated, these six cases demonstrated a type of blood clot called cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, and it's important to note that the appearance of this rare blood clot occurred in combination with very low levels of blood platelets. So all of the patients showed both the evidence of the blood clots as well as very low levels of uh, blood platelets, which are used to help ensure that our blood clot has needed. All six cases occurred among women between the ages of 18 and 48, and the symptoms occurred six to 13 days after vaccination. That's also an important component. Tomorrow, there will be a special meeting of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, the national entity to review and assess the six cases in much more detail leveraging all of the data nationally and internationally that they have access to this advisory committee on immunization practices as many of you know is a group that provides guidance to the centers for disease control and prevention the fda will review the report from the cdc's advisory committee on immunization practices and will also conduct its own review. So, as I've mentioned, uh, there have been 31,000 doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccine um, administered here in Rhode Island, and we have not had any of these adverse events reported. What's helpful to see with this entire process is that we have a robust monitoring system at the national level that is transparent, is uh, comprehensive, and is rapid in its response. Um, We've already had several meetings with our federal uh, partners this morning. We've already joined in with the governor on the nga call this morning as well every uh level of engagement is uh, accountable and involved in this process in helping to ensure that we are thoughtful and can take the opportunity to pause so that we can make sure that providers have the information that they need, which we're also working on ensuring our providers are equipped with here in Rhode Island, with understanding this rare um, clotting uh, condition and how to treat it in a way that's distinct from uh, the typical approach. And then also to be able to pause and assess, are there any more than the six that have been identified, um, so that we can be sure and Uh, confident with the information that we have available to us. So it's important to be able to relay to Rhode Islanders that the uh, robust uh, monitoring system that we have talked about from the beginning is demonstrating its full effect here in our ability to do this with um, access to data among millions of individuals who have been vaccinated. Because again, this is a result of six cases out of 6.85 million doses nationally that have been administered. So if you were vaccinated with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine more than a month ago, that's before March 13th, your risk is extremely low for having any sort of, complications, or challenges. We already know that it's more than one in a million. We have not administered a million doses here in uh, Rhode Island, and um, it's very rare. And then the time frame of six days to 13 days after vaccination makes it such that if you are significantly past that, more than a month ago of getting vaccinated, um, your risk is, <clears throat> extremely low. If you have been vaccinated with Johnson and Johnson vaccine in the last 3 weeks, your risk is also very low given that overall data point of 1 for every million vaccinated. However, we want to ensure that you are equipped with the information to know what to watch for. We also want to work with our excellent providers here in Rhode Island to make sure that they are equipped. You know, it's a combination of the clotting, the low platelets, and the symptoms uh, that patients would watch for of severe headache, abdominal pain, leg pain, or shortness of breath. And the providers that we want to support in evaluating this are going to be looking for that combination of a picture to understand if uh, there are any concerns in an already uh, very low uh, risk of an instance occurring. It's also important to note that the symptoms that I've mentioned as a part of this um, uh, presentation are very different from the mild flu-like symptoms that people experience within a few days after receiving vaccine. So it will be important to help make sure that people are distinguishing. Usually the the mild flu like symptoms that can occur are within that very short window, those few days right after vaccination, what's being seen here in the six out of six million um, doses and cases that are being evaluated. Uh, the symptoms occurred six days to 13 days out after vaccination. So helping to be clear about that distinction for the public will be helpful. So Tom McCarthy is going to talk a little bit about the operational impacts on Rhode Island. But before passing it over to him, I, I do want to help restate how focused we are on safety and transparency. A key message will be to reinforce for all Rhode Islanders. What we are seeing today in action is what a robust monitoring system that is responsive looks like. Federal officials saw a very low incidence rate of a health condition that was rare in people who had been administered uh, this Johnson and Johnson vaccine. What they have done and what we have done within an extremely short amount of time is communicate to the public quickly and clearly, pause the administration of the vaccine, make deliberate adjustments to accommodate anyone who was impacted specifically in Rhode Island, and we'll be providing those details, you and start a review of the process. We already met with the subcommittee uh, for vaccines uh, this morning and began this discussion as well. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine will remain on pause. It will not be administered again in Rhode Island until we have completed our assessment of the review that is being done. Safety has been our first priority since the start of this vaccination campaign, and it will remain our first priority along with the other guiding principles that we have continued to talk about. Equity, efficiency, um, as well as uh, the safety that is important. So with that, I'll turn it over to Tom, and then we'll both be able to take your questions. Thank you.
0: Thank you for those updates, Dr. Alexander Scott. So our team has been working since this morning, planning and coordinating with our partners on the impacts of the Johnson & Johnson pause. So as we've shared over the last few weeks, the amount of Johnson & Johnson vaccine coming into Rhode Island has decreased significantly. Two weeks ago, we received 16,000 doses. Last week, that number decreased to about 6,000. And this week, we're only receiving 2,000 doses of Johnson & Johnson. Now, those 2,000 doses are in addition to 1,400 of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that we've carried over from last week, for a total of 3,400 doses that are currently in the state. 2,000 of those doses that have already been allocated for patients and sites, and those doses were going to a variety of locations. They're going primarily to mass vaccination sites, independent pharmacies, high-density community sites, on-site housing clinics, regional municipal sites, and vaccinators for homebound Rhode Islanders, hospitals, and community health centers. The good news is that we have enough Pfizer and Moderna vaccine to cover all 2,000 doses. So what that means is for most people, their appointment date, time, and location will not change, just the vaccine that they receive if we switch to either Pfizer or Moderna. There, have, there may be some people that have to have their appointments rescheduled. Our estimate is roughly 300 of our 2,000 doses from the state allocation, but everyone who has a Johnson & Johnson appointment will get vaccinated. Currently, those impacted are patients that made an appointment at Line Pharmacy, White Cross Pharmacy, and Rhode Island Free Clinic. Those providers will be calling and rescheduling those appointments uh, with their patients. As you know, some of our ph- pharmacy partners receive direct allocations from the federal government. Rhode Islanders who made appointments at retail pharmacies doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine may be contacted while rescheduling as well. We're continuing to work with CVS, Walgreens, Stop & Shop, and Walmart to ensure that everyone that had a Johnson & Johnson appointment is taken care of. So in closing, we're still on track to expand eligibility on April 19th. It's important to note that while the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is an important and effective tool in the fight against COVID-19, So far, it's only represented just less than 5% of the total vaccine allocated to the state. So we'll continue to update our vaccination plans as we learn more from the FDA and the CDC in the coming days. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan.